Vegas, Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in. Reno, Vegas is here. ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Big Nevada, UNLV weekend coming up as uh, both of the pack teams, basketball men's and women's in Vegas. So we'll have a bunch of preview of that. If you don't hear it during this hour, Reno, go to lvsportsnetwork.com. You can listen live to the show between 3 and 6. It's Cofield and Company. Or go to the archives. We podcast all the shows, again, under the uh, Cofield and Company setting on lvsportsnetwork.com. Willie's here. It's Cofield. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. That's nice. I talked to Willie early in the day, and he's like, you know, some people are concerned about you and your your well-being. Uh, you know what? I have to admit, I was a little down in the dumps on Friday. In spite of the fact that on Friday, I was in one of my favorite cities, beautiful Fresno. I happened to be... Uh, Throwing back some uh, micheladas, some chips and salsa in Fresno. Did you bring me back some garlic? Kind of, kind of a kind of dive bar. No, I didn't. I didn't seek out any garlic. Uh, kind of a dive bar. I was uh, watching the Shannon Sharp, Dylan Brooks, Grizzlies, Steve Adams stuff unfold on the internet. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. I had a good time. I liked it. Liked to chill. But I was very sad. I couldn't be with my people. I don't think anyone uh, of the people was like, "Hey, where's Cofield?" But anyway, um, I miss the. We do a Lotus holiday party post-holidays. It is a great reward. Most radio companies don't do stuff like this. I saw one of our morning hosts, Lindsay, say this is unbelievable. An open bar. What a company. I responded. I'm like, yeah, pretty rare. Pretty rare in radio. And I heard from Cofield and Company uh, the entire – no, Ari and Willie showed up. I, I wasn't here. I couldn't go, but I love our parties. How was it? It was good. I I I, um, I repped the show respectably. Ari blew it out of the water, dress code wise. Was there a theme to the party? No, I never really dug into it because I knew I couldn't go. They said it on a day that I was going to be out of town. Ari, because they, they've had themes in the past, and I I don't I have no idea what Ari wore, but I noticed you were there in like some sort of velour Sopranos like jumpsuit. Somebody else likened it to Willie Bacala. They, they what are you felt, doing over here? Somebody else said Bacala, yeah. and I took offense to Willie it because I'm not, I'm not that bi- as big as either Big Pussy no, or not. No. Steve Sharippa. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, velour. I did have the velour outfit. We were matching, my okay. friend and I. Nice. I had the nice navy, and she had pink. Uh, but Ari, with the humble brag, came up to, to make sure that, you know, I just complimented real quick, but he turned around and he's like, well, I was trying to think of, like, you know, if it was too dressy or if you, you know, I actually thought what you were going to wear. And he had, like, this red. I actually was going to get into the Coming to America voice. I was going to, what is that, velvet? He had the nice maroon there is. velvet jacket with black lapel. Frank Gorsham, man of a thousand voices. Willie Ramirez, man of a thousand and one. That was good. That's beautiful. What is that, Velvet? <laughs> but uh, You're going to be in the uh, Einstein I, commercials. I had some hot takes. Um, first of all, yes. there was karaoke. Ah! Are you a karaoke guy? Uh, publicly? I mean, in front of that crowd, yeah, I would do something. Gooch and it, his it, lady it would got be, up. It would be slow and mopey, but yeah. Gooch and his lady got up and sang. Are you a karaoke guy? Demond, Have you not heard my stories? Demond got up and yeah, yeah. Demond got up and sang. What do you sing? I don't remember. All-star. Mash mouth. Was oh, it yeah. good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, he tried. Oh yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, why not? Oh, but then him, what would you sing? I I would rap, would rap? something. Yeah, you would that, do that's, that's why I, I would not. Yeah. That's what I said. Quick I said sauce. if I would get up there, it'd be rap. All right. Uh, then Damon and the boys got up there. There were th- there were four of them, with Jared in the back chir- chirping in from like it was almost like he was doing the acoustics. But I felt like Demo Dave crushed it. Yeah, Demo's I second that. He did just the gigolo, oh, and yeah. absolutely hit. The ball out of the park. Nice. It was phenomenal. That's too bad. Um, I, uh, I, you asked me about karaoke, so I'm a big karaoke person. Not a good singer, but I like going. And I, on almost every road trip I go on, without even looking, I, I walk into a karaoke situation, and it did actually happen in Fresno at the place I was at. They started doing karaoke. Uh, there was there was one in. I went to like Vietnam Town in San Jose because I like to explore. Right? Got a, what did I, I got pho. Yeah. And I walked by someplace, the doors were locked, and it was a, I looked like an Asian family, and they were like, they, I walked by, I'm like, wow, that's really loud. And I looked in the window, they looked out, they were like, get away from the window, this is ours. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not allowed in. Um, love it, love it. Lindsay and I, Lindsay Brown and I, we played bubble hockey, she beat me. Wow, that sounds like quite a party. It went down. It was two to two. She won three to two. Um, the other hot take was this. So I was in here doing some studio work mm-hmm. this week, and I saw somebody in the building, and I was like, "They're like," she said, "Oh, hey, how are you?" I said, "Hey, how's it going?" I didn't see you Friday night. Oh no, I was there. And then she just kept walking. I was thinking, "Oh, okay. I guess I didn't warrant a hello or not that everybody come are, running over." Are but, you beefing? Eh, I'm not beefing. It was just a little. Was there, was there some beefing? No, I didn't see any beef in there. No, there's been beefing in the past. At the thing? There's also been... Food was good. There's also been people who have been overly amorous. Mm. There's been weird makeouts there. Another no. another male host just dropped his pants at one of the holiday parties. I was... Uh, what are you going to do? I was good. I uh, People apparently were impressed. I, you know I don't drink. Make sure they got them later in the... You know I'm not a drinker. What's up? Oh, yeah, that's right. I had a couple clock kills. Did you? Cocktails, yeah. Woo! H- had a... A, Are you just trying to rub it in that I wasn't there? Had a special. Gun, uh, I'm about had, to. Had a special. I will not beer. miss it. I, I have no idea if I'll, I probably will miss One it. One important this year. note you failed yes. to mention: premium drinks, not just well, all yeah. drinks. Yeah. Open bar. Premium. I had a Stoli. I soda. thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, being a Captain and Coke guy. Somebody, <laughs> somebody was drinking Tito's. I think the party left that place and it went to a different place down the road. Yeah. I was invited, but they have a they have a good culture. They do. So, so it's, it's it kind of it kind of uh, reminded me of the scene in the old Bad News Bears movie, Walter Matthau, mm-hmm. when uh, I can't think of her name, but the the commissioner of the league, and she says, you know, we're, we all get together, they get together at Pizza Hut for the for the preseason event, and all the coaches are there, and remember she's showing off the pizza. With the with the base, it's designed like a baseball diamond. She goes over to Walter, but she goes, "Ah, we like to do this because once the season gets started, eh, not but everybody gets along. So that must be <laughs> that must be the one night where everybody goes to gets along. Okay, let's kick off twenty twenty three, and now we'll get back to fighting. Maybe number three. Uh, TV last couple days. You know, I'm very big on uh, chilling at the end of the day after the Rebel game last night. Finished up Yellowstone. I'm a couple episodes into The Last of Us on HBO. I watched a Netflix show a couple days ago. Got five episodes in. I don't know why I'm watching it, but it's basically about 
fried fair food stands at the Texas State Fair. And they just show images of uh, fried foods, deep fried foods. And then the problems the stands are having. So I was in on that. And, of course, tonight, Slap is back. I'll have a full preview on the 5 o'clock hour. Meanwhile, Willie has been watching something called Ginny and Georgia, which at my home, actually the SO's home, I walked by the TV multiple times as she was watching and never got hooked for even five seconds. But I I will take your recommendation. You love this show. It's been number one and number two. Yeah. It's been trending. It's it is, it. well. It, it's phenomenal from the single parent standpoint. Obviously, oh, I'm. I mean, I was the 18 year reigning single parent of the year. I've never with, owned from, a cat by myself, so the, I don't know anything about single parenting. Right. I have, so, I have I mean, no children. I, you know. So, but there there is so much intrigue into this. Here's here's the greatest. So, I was watching it. I've turned so many people onto it. There was one person in particular. She lives in San Diego. We watched the last three episodes together. Wait, what? Over the phone, text messaging together. Wait a minute, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go. I gotta run and grab a bottle of water. Paused it at the same time so we could text each other while we were watching it, so we weren't two to three minutes ahead. There's also a scene. Mm. A lot of eye rolling going on in the studio two, right now. That's, season two. I haven't heard that one before. Season two, episode seven. There's a great scene with the single mom. She's two kids, two dads. And there, and she, by now in season two, she's linked up with one of the main characters in the new town she lives in. There's a scene where each father of each of her kids are dropping the kid off, and they're in the entryway, the foyer of her and the new guy's house, and they're all just kind of looking around. She's going, "Hmm, okay, well that was fun." And one of them leaves, and the 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 father of her daughter and the boyfriend they look at each other and go. We don't like him about the third guy. So I texted Jordan's mom back in Syracuse and I said, have you seen episode seven yet? She said, no. I said, when you see the scene, when you see that episode, there's a scene you're going to know. This morning at physical therapy, she texted, she goes, I'm watching. And she named every character in the scene. She goes, spot on. That's us. <laughs> so well, I might have to be in. I don't have, I don't hey, have someone out of state to watch with them. Murder. Uh, drama. Ah, spoilers. Pol- pol- there's not spoilers. Hey, murder is good enough. I'm in. It's very. It's, there's a lot of deep rooted stuff here. You may you may have to go into therapy after this because you could bring some traumatic stuff out of your childhood. Who knows? Number two. I don't know what any of that meant at the end. Traumatic stuff out of the childhood. There's no telling what you've been through. Uh, Documentary is coming up. There is one on Nike. We discussed it yesterday. The early days of Nike with uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in it. Uh, we've got a doc on Bill Russell. Uh, this is the trailer. He was unapologetically himself. Stand-up man. The smartest player that ever played the game. The Big Bang. We're never going to see a winner like that again. There's no conversation. You know what's on his hands? More rings than fingers. I don't even think he knew what type of player he was going to be. He could win the game without scoring the ball. Open avenues for the younger generation. More than any athlete of his era, Bill Russell came to define the word winner. There you go. President Obama and Jalen Rose in it. I'm in. I'm definitely in. Now, who doesn't want to learn more about Bill Russell? If you don't already know everything, and you would never know everything, because we did a couple interviews around the time of his passing, and uh, did we talked to David Aldridge or Gary Washburn or both. Yes. Um, but yeah, there were some stories like when people talked about him, they're like, the 11 rings and what he did with the Celtics, nothing compared to what he did away from basketball. 
Yeah, and you know what? I think it's I, I behoove a lot of the younger generation that listens to us that talks about and uses the throws around the word goat. And we're going to hear it frequently with LeBron James, 300-plus away from surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who Pat Riley, by the way, says is the greatest player ever recently. Uh, I behoove you to watch and learn about the history of the NBA, the foundation that was laid by some of these players, and why some of the older generation, older than us, see, kind of argue that LeBron and Kobe and even Michael Jordan, some, there are some older folks who say, ah, 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 not so fast. Bill Russell, for sure, the greatest winner in the history of professional sports in the United States. Team sports. Yeah. Team sports. I'm not going to go into individual sports, darts, or billiards. Uh, The greatest winner in the history of team sports and did it in a town where maybe over half of the people there hated him. 11 rings. Don't like that so-and-so. Because of everything he did away from basketball. He was winning while all that stuff was going on, while he stood up and said, no, this doesn't work. And he didn't pull what hometown hero O.J. Simpson did at the time, where O.J. was uh, reportedly known to have said, I'm not black, I'm O.J. Bill Russell stood up and took all the pain while trying to win championships. Major activist. Big Four at Four brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You can call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400, 766-1400. Office in Reno, office here in Las Vegas, 766-1400. 30 has been amazing. The way you enter the league sometimes can pigeonhole you. You know, people have this biased opinion on you. And since he was a seventh-round pick, they're treating him like he's just, you know, overachiever and but he's been amazing. He's came in with confidence. He's assertive. He's been inspiring us as a defense, inspiring our team. And, you know, if we're going to win the whole thing, he's going to be the reason why we are able to get that done. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. We got a great event coming up in Vegas. 98th edition of the East West Shrine Game. Really looking forward to this. I love covering it a year ago. All our media availability comes up here at the end of the week, and it's just, it's for a tremendous cause with the uh, East West Shrine Game. And Eric Galco works with the game. He's given Cofield and Company a couple minutes with Steve Cofield and Willie Ramirez. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. First of all, you guys glad to be back in Vegas. We are. We had a fantastic event last year, our first year in Las Vegas a year ago, and we had the best Shrine Bowl in the last 25 years since Tom Brady played the game. We're looking to build it up this year as well. Yeah, you can go over the the laundry list of players over the years who have played in this game. It's a a who's who. Absolutely. Uh, From guys still in the NFL like Tom Brady and Darren Waller and Brock Purdy, um, future Super Bowl winning quarterback this year, um, to guys like Walter Payton and some of the best players in NFL history. So, We've had a rich tradition over the last 98 years of the East-West Shrine Bowl, and our, kind of, our story is, you know, today's all-stars, tomorrow's legend. And I think a lot of players like Tom, Darren, Brock Purdy, and many, many more are still building their resume for, uh, for their NFL Hall of Fame. How much did you get to talk to Brock Purdy last year? Quite a bit. Um, in the process of inviting him and having him at the game and getting prepared for the week of practice and then meeting him here at the Shrine Bowl. And you know, The story I tell uh, NFL teams back then, and, and I'd be wrong if I said I knew he'd be this impressive right away, but talking to teams after they've been, hey, how was Brock in the week of practice? 
just really prepared, really detailed, serious, but not too serious. And I think he used this opportunity to show NFL teams that he can handle complex NFL decisions, but also be really calm, be really adaptable. And I think he showed a lot of NFL teams that he's a guy you just want in your quarterback room, whether he's a practice squad guy, a backup, or a starting quarterback for the you know, maybe NFC champions, he can do all those things in an NFL team. I think NFL teams fell in love with Brock, that kind of player, and I think a lot of teams are kicking themselves, letting him call him Mr. Irrelevant last year. He's West Ryan Games coming up at Allegiant. It's coming up next week, 5.30 kickoff. That's Thursday. Ticketmaster.com is the address. We're going to talk more about the Shriners and the hospital here in a couple of minutes with Eric Galco. Again, Ticketmaster.com. Tickets start at as low as... 19 bucks. Uh, one more thing on Purdy for me. So when I talked to him last year, you know, I'd seen him during the season. Iowa State came in and, and beat up UNLV pretty good, and he played pretty well in that game. I knew that he had a chance at the NFL, you know, a little bit undersized, but like you just said, the the impression you got from him, at least in my case, it was like speaking to someone who was my age or, you know, at least in his 30s and I'm over 50. I just thought incredibly mature, incredibly confident, didn't come off poorly. Um, but a, a kid who just got it. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we, we look for, I think NFL teams are starting to realize that what really matters is decisiveness, timing, confidence at the quarterback position. The NFL right now is benefiting from the most talented group of receivers, tight ends, running backs NFL's ever seen. And as a quarterback, you don't have to do too, too much to make really great plays. If you have George Kittle... You can maybe slightly overthrow him in the middle of the field, and he'll make that catch. You have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey get the ball in their hands, and as a quarterback, you can make those three or four throws that are special, that are unique, that are improvisation. That's how you can win games. You don't need necessarily the big, strong-arm quarterbacks, six-five guys, as much as you did even five, six years ago. So the NFL teams are starting to realize, hopefully, that, hey, guys like Brock Purdy or this year, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA, who's seen a lot of football, who's very mature, who can still get better, those guys are more likely to win you wins in the NFL versus maybe the high upside but long-term project-type quarterbacks and you've seen go early in the draft in recent years. Once again, speaking with Eric Galco, Director of Football Operations, Player Personnel with the Shrine Bowl. Um, in the past, you've been uh, XFL's Director of Player uh, Personnel as well. I, so I, I have to ask, yeah. last year you saw what Brock Purdy did. You, you knew his talent coming into the Shrine Bowl. And look where he's at now. You mentioned Dorian Thompson-Robinson, obviously local interest here in Las Vegas. Where do you see, in terms of director of player development, what you've seen in the past, where this young man can sort of position himself in the NFL, if at all? Yeah, I, I think what Brock did last year, starting at the Shrine Bowl and then at the NFL Combine during the draft process, and actually Connor Orr, Sports Illustrated, covered it really, really well, was that he still got better. He got more velocity during the draft process, Brock Purdy, which NFL teams were astounded by. I think it goes to kind of this preconceived notion that when you play four or five years in college, you're kind of tapped out. I think Brock showed that that's not true. He's still going to get better as a quarterback. I think the same thing's true for Dorian. He was so impressive early on his career at UCLA as a starting quarterback, as I believe a true sophomore. And I think we kind of get oh, he's doing fine, he's doing this and that. And if you kind of appreciate him for the, with fresh eyes, you're like, holy cow, this guy's making a lot of plays downfield, improvisation, a great athlete. And I talked with, with Dorian and Jordan Palmer, who's working with closely, and they're talking already about the velocity he's getting up. He's changing little things the way he's moving and playing with more balance and generating more velocity downfield. And it just sounds so much to me like Brock Purdy a year ago. So I'm not saying Dorian's going to lead his team to the playoffs next year as a starting quarterback, but I am saying that I think and I know that NFL teams are not going to get the same 
evaluation mistakes and then on Brock Purdy with guys like Dorian this year. So beyond Dorian Thompson Robinson, there you know, there's always these are some of these uh, quote unquote all star games, these college all star games where uh, maybe some names emerge, some surprises, some names that you that sort of get overshadowed by uh, the Heisman front runners or some of the uh, All Americans. Who are some names that have sort of piqued your interest that could come out of this game um, and improving their their stock for possibly getting an invite to the combine or at least. Uh, you know, getting a look at some of the NFL from the NFL scouts. Yeah, no, we'll have our, our highest draft pick likely going to be Zay Flowers of Boston College, who will be a first round pick. We'll have many top hundred picks. All of our guys, for the most part, will be by the NFL Combine. I think for NFL teams, the Shrine Bowl this year, moving forward, is more about finding which of those guys will be first round picks, and also kind of what they can glean from this week of practice that they can't get in the draft process. But I think Zay Flowers of Boston College at receiver, he'll be a first round pick. Luke Schoonmaker of Michigan. One of the top senior tight ends, he'll be a top 100 pick. Uh, Tredavious Hodges Tomlinson, today and Tomlinson's nephew, he'll be with the Jim Thorpe Board this year. He'll be at the Shrine Bowl. He'll be a top 100 pick. So we're going to be flush with talent. I think our receiver room and our tight end room, as well as our linebacker and DB room, is going to lead to a lot of great matchups for NFL scouts to evaluate and NFL GMs who are here to interview these guys during the week of practice. Eric, who are some of the tight ends we're talking about? Luke Schoolmaker of Michigan's a guy the NFL teams are really excited to see. A year ago in the Shrine Bowl, we had a tight end, Chigo Congo from Maryland, who ended up being named uh, Pro Football Writers Association of America's top rookie tight end. Um, Blake Whitehart this year from Wake Forest, very, very similar, kind of a, uh, an improvisation tight end that can make plays down the field. Travis Volkluck in Nebraska, big physical guy that's really impressive. Princeton Fant was one of Penn Hooker's favorite options at tight end fullback at Tennessee this year. So a lot of really different body types, different play style tight ends, but I think a lot of guys will be starting games in the NFL pretty soon. Eric Alka, Director of Football Ops, Player Personnel with the Shrine Bowl is with us. We're getting ready for the game next week. We're giving away free tickets uh, throughout the week, but go grab your tickets. It's a great cause with the uh, Shriners Hospitals. Tickets start as low as 19 bucks. Ticketmaster.com to go see the game next Thursday at Allegiant. Uh, can you talk about the, the cause here um, and, and also what the week entails for the kids? Uh, because the football players get to meet the kids. It's, it's tremendous. Yeah, no, it's an awesome uh, opportunity for the Shriners Children's Hospital to kind of tell the world, the national media, but especially these players in the football industry, kind of what the hospital does on a year-round basis. And um, The Shriners Hospital does amazing work all over North America, regardless of the patient's ability to pay. Um, and these players, on, especially on Wednesday, but over the course of the week, get to slowly learn about what the hospital does for patients and families all across the country. And Wednesday, our media day, we get a chance for our players to get a chance to engage and hang out with and do activities with all these patients who have disabilities or other things going on in their life. I think it's a chance for these players after a long week of practice of on the field with practices, interviews with NFL teams, being grilled by coaches like Bill Belichick and Arthur Smith during the week, our two coaching staff, they get a chance to kind of relax a little bit and kind of appreciate what this is all about. I just saw a player, uh, Matthew Butler, plays for the Raiders now. He was at the Shrine Bowl a year ago, and he brought up right away, like, hey, can I come to media day? see the patients again next year. So oh, wow. it's really rewarding for us as, a, as an event to say, hey, you know what? We're working really hard to make sure these guys have a great experience and a great NFL future, but also we're here to, to, to promote and make people aware of what the Shriners Children's Hospital really does. And I think these players get a chance to kind of see a bit of that over the course of the week and especially towards the back end. 22 locations around the country. When the Shrine game was in Palo Alto, of course, the nearby Sacramento, 
um, which caters to burn care, cleft lip and palate, orthopedics, pediatric surgery, spinal cord injury. And kids from all over travel to these hospitals, so there's going to be local. But are any flying in? You're gonna have, are you bringing some kids in as well? What who what what? Uh, as far as the kids, who's coming to, you know, what, what are you looking for to bring in to, to meet some of the athletes? Hey, Eric, just a heads up. We yeah, have like 45 the, the seconds Bowl, left. You know, the Shrine Bowl benefits by having such a national presence, right? We're, we have, I think, 112 schools represented across our roster. So these players also have their social media to reach out to as well. So I think in, in today's day and age, this is a, a very national event, a chance to have a lot of awareness nationally. So we fly patients in from all over the country. And we've got our patient ambassadors who will be here, but patients to get a chance to come in as well as, Patients maybe aren't at media day, but they and their families might come in just to watch the game and be a part of everything. So it's an unbelievable community with the hospital, patients, families, the Shriners organization. And, and again, my first year a year ago, seeing these people come together for all this cause, to support these players, support this game, but also make sure we're supporting the hospital. It's, it's really, really impressive to see kind of how this whole organization, this whole hospital system comes together to make sure people are aware of kind of the great work that's happening. Eric, you're awesome. We appreciate you joining us on uh, short notice, and we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. There is Eric Galco. As you mentioned, player personnel guy who was working with the XFL, working with the Shrine, the Shrine uh, game, the Shriners hospitals. And yeah, I would I would highly advise uh, draft prospects, especially who are not shoe-ins to be first-round picks, to go get the experience. You're around a bunch of NFL people. It's a freaking great experience, really. The best part of it, though, is hanging around the kids because you, you hear all these stories. You see what this money raised is really doing. The idea that the Cowboys have failed or that Mike McCarthy has underachieved, I think, is kind of absurd. They should have won the playoff game last year. This year, they went up against a team that we all knew was better. They went on a road on a short week and lost the game to a team that we know is better. Extrapolating from that, that we need to fire the head coach or trade the quarterback or blow everything up, to me, seems like an overreaction. Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. We finally get Willie Ramirez in studio. Because I'm so hard to track down. Well, you just weren't on the first two days of the week. No, I, I paused for a second because I was uh, looking for the name on the, <laughs> the rejoin there, Dominic Foxworth. Um, now we finally get you in studio to talk about your Cowboys. I, I don't agree with what Foxworth just said there. I, you come out of these weekends where a team wins. Even if a team wins handily, definitely the better team. It's a one-off. What do you mean definitely the better team? The Cowboys were in the game the entire way. The 100%. Michael Gallup sucked ass on one of his routes and caused that interception, as Clint Turner, former Cowboy quarterback, told us, stop blaming Dak for that one interception. The other one, not so hot. They also caught a bad break with Tony Pollard. But there should not be a Cowboy fan who's like, Niners are clearly better. No, they're not. Not with a seventh-round pick rookie quarterback. Niners got the job done. That is not a 90, you know, 90% of the time Niners win the matchup. So Foxworth is wrong. There should be some demand or some criticism lobbed the way of Mike McCarthy. They've had good regular seasons. Most of these playoff games are 50-50 games. And the stuff that we saw down the stretch by McCarthy was crap. Disorganization, poor clock management, 
the stupid, you know, Zeke Elliott at center lateral play, which bail on the play once they call a timeout. Really sackless, and I'm talking about the anatomy, sackless play calling at times by not being aggressive enough on third and fourth down. So, yeah, if there's an upgrade out there, then I'm not going to get mad at Jerry Jones and Stevie Jones if they want to upgrade. Now, that said, McCarthy's not a terrible coach, but if you can do better, then you can move on from Mike McCarthy. Are you team Mike? No. Um, I'm team Sean. Yeah. I'm irritated that. But what does that say? Maybe because I don't think that Jerry Jones is going to pull the trigger knowing that the most attractive coach out there, unless he's coming. Because outside of that, if you get rid of McCarthy, what do you, what's out there? Yeah. Outside of Sean Payton. Yeah. So if, so if they're also, they're in a weird zone here too because. Broncos are waiting for an answer. They've offered the job. But so what? Broncos are waiting for an answer from Sean Payton. If you want to make a move on McCarthy, you basically have to have a an agreement with Payton. That's what I'm saying. And in in the middle of that, also do a bunch of sham interviews. Right, but if you already know if he if he's already this is Jerry Jones we're talking and about. And by sham interviews, I mean to satisfy the Rooney Rule, which right. the Rooney Rule is a great rule. Right, but it's it's one of those, it's it gets tricky in this case when you have a guy you want to hire. Yes, but you already know that he's coming, so obviously maybe he doesn't. I have a more problem. I have more of a problem than I'm worried that Dan Quinn is leaving because that defense it was solid, has been solid. Yeah, the offense put up some points. It was one of the highest scoring teams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't get it done. Defense helped create offense with this team. Dan Quinn goes, I'm worried about what Dallas is going to become because they're not the Chiefs where eh, defense doesn't matter as much because you got Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes under center and you got an offense that's going to outscore the other team because we haven't seen that with Dallas. We haven't seen consistency. I have a problem with that. That's what I have a problem with. We're going to lose Dan Quinn. That's an issue. You got a lot of problems. Oh, I've a major. That's why Ginny and Georgia came and in handy. Sticking with Mike McCarthy could be one of your biggest issues. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield, Ari in as well. So a lot of teams, a lot of teams trying to come up with their quarterback plan. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers in the 5 o'clock hour and how that might affect this whole thing. Tom Brady could be available. We know Derek Carr is available. There's a bunch of veterans who are going to be out there, stop gaps, bridges. There could be a young guy available for picks. In Trey Lance, that story's brewing. But let's look at the AFC and the pressure that is on a team like the Raiders. If you look at the history of football, the NFL, there's a couple of weird spots 
where a team was good and was able to win a Super Bowl with a very average quarterback or a below average, right? Quarterback gets hot. Things go well. They buck the system. But most of the times, you got to have probably a top 10 quarterback in that era to win a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer is an outlier. Joe Brad, Flacco is an outlier. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson is an outlier. You know, then there's guys like Terry Bradshaw who weren't good, but were with 21 Hall of Famers except himself, and he's a Hall of Famer. But, you know, you just have such a good team around him. But, you know, even, even Bradshaw at his mediocre best was okay. Look at the AFC picture here, and I'm going to say safely, I'm going to go with eight years. Unless there's some problems, again, off the field. I'll mention one name, but next eight years. And what the Raiders are facing in terms of trying to break through this dominance of certain AFC organizations. You ready for the quarterbacks and the organizations? Chiefs and Mahomes. Bengals and Joe Burrow. Bills and Josh Allen. Chargers and Justin Herbert. Ravens and Lamar Jackson for now. Jags and Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to be there. Definitely. I'm 90% in in terms of confidence that once he's playing again, doing what he's supposed to do, Deshaun Watson on the Browns, and I think with a real coach, I think Russell Wilson is fine, and I think the Broncos have a chance again to be, because of their quarterback, to be in that top eight. And then there's the other teams, and you start looking around. You know, you're the Jets, the Texans, Patriots, even with Belichick, and the Raiders, and you're like, whoa, we don't have one of those guys. What are we going to do? We got to find a solution. There is so much pressure on the teams beyond those eight I mentioned to come up with their quarterback solution. It's go time for the Raiders. Do you think that the Raiders, who's going to go to the playoffs first? The Raiders with whomever or the Steelers with Kenny Pickett? I know you and I had a bet on Kenny Pickett before the season. I thought it was going to take a lot longer. Who's going to go for? Who do I have more confidence in without knowing the quarterback? The Steelers. I, think, I don't know who the quarterback should be with the Raiders. I got news for you. Go ahead and bring Tom Brady in. Steelers will go to the playoffs before the Raiders with Kenny Pickett. So you would have, even with Brady, you'd have the Steelers nine. I just named eight teams and the Raiders possibly 10. And that's if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you were naming them. You were, when you said it, you were saying in order or just the top eight? Mm, that was kind of my order. In a sense, top eight AFC. It was kinda, I get it. I get it. I, mean, I'm not, I can't rank the Broncos no, no, five. No, no. I get it. I like get I, it. Russell I get Wilson it. is a franchise quarterback. I get it. Versus what these other teams have, but there's some doubts there. I kind of did rank it, yeah. Okay, I get it. it, it you didn't and, put and by it, you, the way, the eight-year thing doesn't really apply. Let's give five to Russell Wilson. Uh, it's still better than what the Jets, the Raiders, and some of these other organizations have. Would you say Russell Wilson falls in the category? I would say he's better as an athlete, but falls in the category of maybe what you just described, Terry Bradshaw? Capable? No, not even close. He's much better. Yes. Okay. Steelers would have won all 10 Super Bowls. They would have overcome the Cowboys. They would have won all 10 Super Bowls in the 70s. Nah, maybe not all. They not never, all 10 they because they really the they emerged more in 72, yeah. 73. Oh, they lost to the Cowboys in, in the 90s. You're right. Yeah. Uh, 
They wouldn't have beat that. They wouldn't have beat that team, by the way, with Russell Wilson. You're wrong. Uh, Russell Wilson would have rushed for 2,000 yards and thrown for 6,000 every year. He'd okay, be regarded he as the okay, greatest quarterback in the history be, of football. They wouldn't have beaten Dallas in 96. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the 70s. Okay, yeah. Well, they never lost to them anyway. But I think that, yes, <laughs> I, I have confidence in Steelers. and I do have the Steelers with Pickett over the Raiders with Tom Brady. Next, if those two Damn, made – I, I would say the Steelers get in the playoffs before the Raiders, 100%. One hundred percent before the Raiders. I'm not saying they're going to. What I'm saying is, if you're if you're asking me which of those teams are going, I'm taking the. So the only solution to the Raiders in the next two years in breaking through the eight teams I just mentioned is what Lamar Jackson. You have to get one of the guys who's in the top eight. Yes. Or you bring in someone from the NFC like Aaron Rodgers. So you have to. So your quarterback is either making like fifty three million next year, or uh, you're going to have to give Lamar Jackson a two hundred fifty million dollar contract. Yeah, because I don't think that Tom Brady's just like we said at the beginning of the season, we didn't think that Russell Wilson was an immediate answer with Denver. Now we didn't think I don't think that anybody predicted that Nathaniel Hackett was going to be as big of a bust. I think it was more so just on the complexion of that roster. But the Raiders, I don't think at Tom Brady's age, Tom Brady needs to just retire and go away. I don't think that he can come here and fix the Raiders just because he's the oh bringing him in, and now there's a story out there, by the way, by the way. We saw this story where Waller and Renfro is 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 shippable. He they 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 could be on the market, right? Of course, yes. Okay. Now this morning, I'm getting PT at a very high high ranking PT place in town. A lot of pro athletes go there. No pro football players. Playing time? That, huh? Playing time? No. Oh, physical therapy. Yeah. Sorry, f- I was going to f- Dick Physical Tyler. therapy. PT uh, period. Actually, and, that was part and, time. And I'm getting some treatment, and I'm talking to some people, and they they said that there was someone that was in there. Mm. That knows people within the Raiders organization. Here we go. Yes. The right? cup, the cup I, I, I said, wait a minute. The I, I want to know who the person is and what he does. Are we, we, are we in, seven cups down the line? Here. Yeah, before. Yeah, I don't want. Uh, what is that called? Seven something of Kevin Bacon. I don't want. Yeah, you're I don't, going Kevin Bacon here. Yeah, I don't want to be six that many. Six, yeah, I don't want to be that many degrees. I want to know what this person does before you continue this story. <laughs> I don't want it to be like it was an Uber driver who overheard something. So the guy has a prestigious job. But apparently, if Brady comes, yep. Gronk will consider coming out of, of course, retirement. That's but, why there's trade a, but there's a bonus name yep. in Edelman, which is why we heard yesterday Waller and Renfro could go bye-bye. But this is not for the, you, the Raiders. Way, I, this I'm, is not for the best of the Raiders. This is the best of two egos. Mark Davis, let's call it out there, is jealous and envious of being Robert Kraft. And wants a Belichick, so he, that's why he's got Josh McDaniels. The only two egos that bring in Brady to town satisfies is McDaniels and Davis. Why? Because if you look at the resume of Josh McDaniels, it has sucked outside of the years that he was the OC of Tom Brady. Other than that, he hasn't been able to coach. So, no. I'm Bra- excited with this. At this age, he's not coming in to fix. There's a lot of other things that need to be fixed with that team. Brady and Gronk and Edelman. I'm in. Okay. Who, d- can any of them tackle? <laughs> can any of them hold a lead? Can any of them play a both They're all going to work for cheap. You can go buy your defense. These guys are all rich. Yeah, Tom Brady's going to work for cheap. Please, stop. Well, I mean, he's yeah, not, stop. It's stop. not going to be $55 million Aaron Rodgers. Whatever. Did you see what the average price, by the way, for the average franchise tag? Uh, so you know what a franchise tag quarterback is going to be get paid? Two million. Forty-five point five million dollars. I was kidding, of course. 
I'm hoping that at the end of this, at come August, when my two-year reign is up, that you franchise tag me and I get the average of something. Two-year reign? Did we, <laughs> did we, did we sign people to contracts here? Is it a, it's a four-year contract with a fifth option? Yeah, I just, yeah. My Why don't we start that? Adam Hill missed out on that one. picked up. I needed to win the Nevada Sports Writer of the Year to get my option yeah. picked up. Next year, I'm going for broadcast. Actually, our the Raiders' plan is very similar to what we did with JVT. Oh, yes. Yeah. He, he's, he left, and now he's coming back, and uh, we got him at a bargain now. Yeah, exactly. He's achieving success, exactly. so we bring exactly. him back. Exactly. Come on, bro. Work for the minimum. JVT's big time, bro. He's I national. I know he is. Worldwide, global. Yep. Yeah. All over the internet. I'm just trying to avoid your guys' coattails into something. I don't know what, but anyway. But you yeah. are really. I am, are, I am the, very anti-Brady. I'm end, very anti-Patriots West. Are you anti-Brady, or are you Team Giselle? Is that the motivation? No, here? no, no, no. You no, have turned no, on this man. No, no, Ever since no. I said I felt bad for Brady when the divorce was going down, and he got all skinny. I'm done. And then I'm you done. kept he kept I'm white out. he kept right, white knighting. He loves Giselle. Don't throw away the mic. I am done with you. When I'm the one, I'm not even going to do this. I'm going to now. It's I was a, trying to set you up. No, I took my glasses off. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, how do you respond to that? No, no. You know what? Do I, it. Say no. it. What? Let me do it again. Is he not getting it? I'm not getting it. What? I'm missing. Oh, yeah. no, no. Put your Put glasses, glasses back, back on. on. No. I, and then I come over and just kind of hover. I'm Unlike good. Shannon, who should have just gone, you know, Jim Everett, Jim Rome, and I <laughs> flipped the table on, Shan- on, on Skip. I am spending tomorrow. Shannon should have been as aggressive as he was with Dylan Brooks with, with Skip. No, I'm pulling old But school. as I told you, this is all a bit, including the Lakers game with Dylan Brooks. I'm pulling old school Willie. Tomorrow I'm spending the day scouring old tape, and I'm going to have audio for Ari on Friday when I'm back on of talking about Brady-Giselle situation because, no, I'm not Team Giselle. It has nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that I don't think that this dude's coming to town and fixing the Raiders. He is not going to do in year one what he did with the Buccaneers. It's not happening. Guaranteed. I don't understand this. One guy is going to fix the whole team theory. I never said that. I never said you no did, but a lot of other people it. think that that's the answer. Well, it's the beginning of the answer. It, yeah. They're going to have to. They're going to have to make a lot of moves. They're, this is going to have to be a uh, sort of like an NBA situation. Let's. Well, I can't even say it. I was going to say let's go. Let's go to Las Vegas and play with Tom Brady for cheap and win a ring. Not exactly like uh, joining forces at the end of your career with, you know, Kobe and Shaq. Well, or the 80 Celtics. When Brock and the Niners lose this weekend, and they realize, like you said earlier, oh, there it is, they can bring Brady up there. Brady can go into that market and win a bowl. They they could be, they spend no money on quarterbacks now. They could be in the, I mean, they do have a, they did spend on a lot of high dollar guys, but. You just got them saying it's cheap. No, they're rich. They don't want to have to spend money on him. What are you talking about? I was talking about Aaron Rodgers in this case. That's another part of these rumors that Brady or Rodgers would want to go to San Fran. I don't know. I I, I like how frustrated you get with the the quarterback carousel. No more coaching carousel in the NFL. It's the quarterback carousel. Quarterback carousel. Where's Derek Carr going? We've we've done that. I'm just waiting for... Waiting for David Carr to kind of speak out of turn. You know, he's making. Nah, you saw that right with the Harvester, where people are like, "I can't believe Derek Carr is approving this." David Carr, what is David Carr saying? What Derek wants him to say? Yeah, he put him in check with that sermon. 
Oh, you know, you know, he told him before the last podcast. He's like, Dave, remember uh, Tom Brady called me a mf'er. Take a couple shots at him. Be subtle, but on the on the blo- on the uh, on the podcast, do a couple of shots at TB12. And I was thinking, we owe him. And I was Camp thinking, Car owes him. And I was thinking they're gonna stick with that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Derek Carr and Camp Car never forget. Never forget. Five o'clock hours on the way. If you. Uh, don't get to listen to the entire show, lvsportsnetwork.com. Listen to all three hours or the archives, lvsportsnetwork.com.